Hi, my name is Ellen Dykus. I'm the Director of Women's Ministry for Harvest USA. We are a national ministry that has been around for 40 years, focused on Christ-centered biblical discipleship for people who have been impacted by sexual sin and for people who are struggling themselves to overcome these patterns. So day in and day out, I have opportunities to meet with women who themselves are bound up in sin of a sexual nature and all the relational pain that normally goes with that. And then I also have a lot of opportunities to minister to wives who are in marriages impacted by sexual infidelity. And for these reasons and others, I'm very grateful and honored to be on the Biblical Counseling Coalition Leadership Council. This is a ministry that is seeking to bring unity and synergy um, across the boards of the biblical counseling world, that we would be working together and encouraging each other to offer the hope and the grace and the compassion of Jesus to the struggles that we all face in this life. I think about what David said in Psalm 18, verses 16 to 19, which are so representative of my own personal testimony. When David says, the Lord sent from on high, he took me, he drew me out of many waters. The Lord rescued me from my strong enemy and from those who hated me, for they were too mighty for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. And then beautifully in verse 19, David says, the Lord brought me into a broad place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. And that's what the BCC is seeking to help promote, both in the United States and internationally, helping people to access the healing, freeing, forgiving love of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we would be so honored if you'd consider investing your resources into our organization, that we would be able to continue to promote what God is doing in bringing the gospel of Christ to bear on hurting people's lives. Thank you for joining us for this episode of 1514. It's a pleasure to have you as part of our audience. If you've been blessed by 1514 or any of the other outlets of the Biblical Counseling Coalition, I encourage you to support us in an ongoing way by becoming either a partner or a donor in supporting the Biblical Counseling Coalition with a monthly financial gift. You can find out more at our website, biblicalcc.org donate. Today's episode is an interview that I did with Chad Wiles. Chad is the Director of Counseling and Education and co-founder of something called the Nehemiah Project. It's a parachurch ministry that comes alongside their local church and ministers to the community as well as members of their church through biblical counseling, recovery ministry, and they mix in a very interesting component of physical exercise and workout for certain parts of the counseling ministry. I was really encouraged and inspired by the conversation I had with Chad, and I hope that you are as well. Thanks again for listening. Welcome to 1514, a podcast of the Biblical Counseling Coalition. 1514 draws its name from Romans 15:14, where the Apostle Paul encourages the church that they are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to counsel one another. I'm your host and the executive director of the BCC, Dr. Curtis Solomon, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Well, Chad Wiles, thanks so much for being with us on 1514 today. Could you introduce yourself to our audience? Yeah, thanks for having me, Dr. Solomon. Uh, my name is Chad Wiles. I serve uh, here in St. Tammany Parish. It's a area right outside of New Orleans, Louisiana. 
and I serve as a pastor for our church uh, and elder. I oversee uh, counseling and discipleship for the field church, as well as I serve as director of counseling and education for our biblical counseling ministry, the Nehemiah Project. So it's been a joy to serve the Lord here. We've been here for the past six years. Uh, we were a church plant at first, and so it was fun. Very cool. Well, that's that's exciting. We are uh, wanted to talk to you today about that ministry, the Nehemiah Project. Uh, we met at a biblical counseling conference, and I was intrigued by what you guys do and wanted to share it with, uh, with our audience and let people know about it and uh, hopefully stir up some other people to think along those lines or at least be excited about how how God is using people. So why don't you tell our audience a little bit about uh, the Nehemiah Project? Just give us an overview of it. Yeah, we're a biblical counseling ministry. Uh, We are a standalone ministry. We have our own 501c3. Uh, We do uh, practice a hub church model, which means that we are connected to the local church. Uh, Our local church is the field church that we're connected with. What that means is all of our counselors and staff are members at the church because we believe that the church obviously is a bride of Christ and we want elder oversight uh, for for those that are serving in this ministry. And um, we offer many different services. We have an outpatient uh, recovery program that, that lasts 12 months as well as we do individual biblical counseling for um, all sort of life controlling issues from anxiety, depression. We've had PTSD, we've had trauma, we've had a lot of different things come through our doors, as well as marriage counseling. Uh, we do premarital counseling for those that are seeking to, to be married, as well as um, marriage counseling when people are going through some struggles and hardships. We also offer seminars and workshops. We, we do a marriage workshop and we've offered some seminars on pornography and trauma and anxiety and some different things as well. And um, we also are focused on educating. And so we have nine interns right now. We have an internship program and, nine, and they're all pursuing their ACBC certifications. And um, we're currently in the process of becoming an official ACBC training center. So we're getting our fundamentals together and, and all that good stuff. So. Uh, just excited to serve in any way that we can and just bring biblical counseling to the forefront of people's minds because we know the scriptures are sufficient uh, for all things. So, Oh, that's fantastic. And one of the things, uh, not a question I sent you, but something that sparked my interest as you were talking with the seminars, are those seminars for people in the church who are being equipped to counsel? Are they seminars for people who are struggling in particular areas? Like what's your what's your mission behind those? Yeah, those are primarily for the community, for those who are struggling. Um, they sort of um, are offered as a, a way of sort of counseling themselves, you know, um, and educating on those particular subjects and as well as breakout groups that um, that allow for some counseling in that. Uh, but we also equip those within our church. Uh, we have Sunday school classes and different things where um I go through just introduction to biblical counseling, what it is, uh, uh, how that how that should function within the body of Christ. Um, I've been privileged to to get to study under uh, the likes of guys like Dr. Scott, who um, allowed me um, to use some of his material for those some of those Sunday school classes. So, um, so we do equip the body, but our seminars that we offer are are more for the the counseling of those who are in need. Yeah, no, that's, that's really great. So it's not quite like a, a, a group 
counseling session, but it's kind of come and get trained how to, how to think about and how to help yourself. No, that's, that's a cool outreach, uh, uh, outreach opportunity there. Uh, another question I didn't send you, but I was also sparked is with the church, since you guys have a real close tie to the field church, um, if people are members of the church, do you guys, is it, is the process for care for them different than people in the community or how do, how do you, how do you minister to both those within the church and those, uh, not part of the church? That's a great question. Uh, yes, it is different in terms of um, we have elder oversight and we have discipleship within our church. And so we um, we sort of had to have a tier program in terms of if it's something that just normal discipleship can handle, we do that first. But then we do have a cost to our counseling uh, center. But if you're a covenant member of our church, you get to receive some free counseling. So if it is something that they they need a little bit more expertise to help them get out of the stronghold then they can receive counseling uh, at the at the Nehemiah project for for no cost nice so yeah so it functions as as part of the ministry for the local church but it is a like you said it's own 501c3 so no very interesting well what what was the catalyst for for starting the Nehemiah project uh, how long do we have now I'm just kidding uh, <laughs> There's, about there's 25 reasons. minutes now so there you go that's right that's right um the the big catalyst for it starting um really started with myself um to give a little bit of my history i didn't grow up a christian i didn't really grow up in a christian home uh, my mom was a christian but really immature in her faith she became a christian right before i was born we, we grew up in a really rural area of southern kentucky uh, tobacco and cattle farm and uh, the men in my family are all pretty much against uh, the church or the gospel or anything like that. And I went that way. And there's a lot of mental illness in my family and a lot of um, alcoholism, different things like that. So I always had sort of a, a interest in helping those sorts of situations because of my experience. And so I went to Eastern Kentucky University pursuing psychology. And uh, I ended up getting my uh, psychology degree. <laughs> But in that process, I ended up becoming a believer in Christ through a ministry called Campus Outreach, where they pursued me with the gospel for eight months, hanging out, sharing the gospel with me. And finally, the Lord opened my eyes to the truth and I became a Christian. And at that point, as I was growing in my faith through discipleship, I was realizing that psychology, the emptiness of psychology and the thought processes, even from the anthropology all the way through, and so I still had a heart for counseling, but I'd never heard of biblical counseling. Uh, the only thing I had really heard of was more the integrated model of Christian counseling. And I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do um, in, in my life, what the Lord would have me do. And I got introduced. I started going to a church in Lexington called Centerpoint Church. And one of the staff members had gotten his degree from Southern Theological Seminary in Louisville. And he introduced me to biblical counseling. And so I went, took a tour, learned about biblical counseling and realized that is what is right and what I wanted to give my life to. And so I went to Southern Theological Seminary to get my master's in biblical counseling, which I received in 2012. And... I started doing some counseling at the church there through that process. I'll, I'll keep it short, but the Lord just really put on my heart. And another one of my friends who also got saved through campus outreach was also at the church, who was also in an internship for becoming a pastor, Sam Cerenzioni. He just put on our hearts to plant a church and really in a more hedonistic area, because that was the life that we led growing up and had a real heart for that. 
through a, a number of prayer and events, it led us to the New Orleans area um, because of a very hedonistic culture. And so when we got here and we planted the field church, I always knew in the back of my mind that I wanted to do something with biblical counseling, especially, I mean, obviously within our church, uh, much of the fabric of the field church has had biblical counseling wrapped in it because that is discipleship, right? And so as we were doing that, one of the reasons why we came here to this particular area is the issues of addiction and suicide are very high in this area. Uh, Mandeville, the area that we're in, actually has a suicide rate that's that's 7% higher than the national average, which is really odd because it's a very affluent area. And so um, that started the process in my mind to figure out how can we impact this community at a much um, uh, bigger rate, I guess, um, with biblical counseling. Um, in that process, uh, a guy started coming to our church, Mike Lindstedt, who's the co-founder of the Nehemiah Project. And his story is he was um, alcoholic, drugs. He was he was in California uh, seven years ago. He was homeless, living on the streets. And he got saved through a ministry, uh, through a, a program called the Dream Center out in California. And so he had come here and he started coming to our church and I started discipling him. And through that process, I had this in the back of my mind, still trying to figure out what to do, not really knowing how to approach addiction uh, biblically. Uh, there wasn't a lot out there on that, like how to really do that process. And God had really put that on his heart to do. And through just studying the word and a lot of conversation the the idea for the Nehemiah project was born. God really stirred our hearts in that. And we had a real heart for this community. And, um, and so we, we began, that was the catalyst for the Nehemiah project being born. And, uh, we started with just addiction in our minds, but through just praying and thinking, we just realized now we just need to do biblical counseling at large for every issue. And so that's really as we were planning and, and figuring it out, that's, that's how the Nehemiah project was born. Oh, very cool. Uh, and obviously names are important. So what what was behind the name Nehemiah Project? Yeah, great question. We get that a lot. Um, that was the book that we were studying in discipleship was the book of Nehemiah. <laughs> and um, and the concept of that uh, for many, many listening, I'm sure already know, like that's in the time of the exile uh, for the Jews. And God was calling them back and, and rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem around the truth of God's word. And that was really the mission statement of what we were doing. We wanted to help people build their lives on the hope and the truth of God's word. And so we're like, we'll just call it the Nehemiah project, you know, <laughs> Very cool. that's, that, yeah. no, that's good. And on the, on your, the front page of your website, you have these three words, uh, dismantle, establish and restore. And knowing the background of Nehemiah and, and where you got the name, I, I think it was, I love how you use those words and terminology and the ideas behind them to help. But explain explain those and how they relate to your ministry and the model that you guys have. Yeah, well, it's really from Ephesians four um, in that section seventeen through twenty four, especially verse twenty two, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. And so the dismantle harmful, untrue patterns of belief is really just um, helping someone understand and see the destruction that sin has had in their life. 
Uh, we do that through obviously the practice of biblical counseling, asking good questions, drawing out their heart, seeing what they truly believe, what they truly trust in. Um, and then expose that to the truth of God's word, uh, knowing that the scriptures are sufficient. And so that's where the established um, part comes in is establishing true belief based upon the truth of God's word and, and beginning with the gospel. And we know we don't, we always say around here, we don't go past the gospel. We just go deeper in our understanding of it because all of scripture really is based on that. And so that's the restore hope in the walking out, the putting on process of that. Um, and so obviously if someone comes to us and they're already a believer, just in a stronghold, um, establishing the gospel and beginning the sanctification aspect of it happens sooner rather than later. But we have many who come to us who, who don't have a relationship with Christ. And so we spend a long time, uh, uh, we call it evangelism counseling, <laughs> revealing to them their need for the gospel um, before we ever move into sanctification, obviously. So, oh, that's, that's, yeah, that's great. Uh, <clears throat> you mentioned already the different kinds of counseling you offer, different services you offer. And one of those you mentioned was a 12 month outpatient recovery program. Can you describe what that entails and what that looks like for somebody going through it? Yeah. Um, well, we know that some strongholds take time. And one of the things that we believe is addiction is a result of sin. It's a result of what's underneath that's led someone to that path of, of idolatry and, and then finding their hope in, in whatever substance that they're looking to. But, but there is the outer man issue of the physiological um, strongholds that it also will have that, that when you're addicted to a substance, there is a time period that's going to take a, a long time of fighting to, to get that out of the system and to, to help the flesh stop craving that or going towards that and just renewing a ton of belief and, and renewing a ton of patterns of life. And so um, we just believe that, there's longevity in that fight. And so we, we've made it 12 months. That program consists of a lot. Um, one, they get counseling. So everybody that comes to our program, um, they'll have a weekly one-on-one -on -one, uh, counseling session with uh, one of our biblical counselors. They'll also have a group counseling session where we're really just teaching the attributes of God and the issues of the heart and working through that together in a group and having them uh, help one another in that uh idea. We also do life skills uh, training once a week because uh, we find many people who come to us who've been addicted to drugs just don't really know how to function in life in general. So how to steward money, how to manage time, how to get a job. You know, there's a lot of things that they just don't really understand. So we use that portion to educate. And then they also have um, at least three workouts a week that they have to do. Um, because we know God has made our bodies to work. And there's a lot of research that just shows just the natural health of working out and, and just helping clear their minds that we, we uh, looked at some research early on and it compared um, CT scans of brains from different on different who are addicted to different drugs and, and just showing the destruction of that. And then how quickly they recovered when they were working out versus when they didn't have a workout regimen and just how it helps the brain heal. And that makes sense, right? God's created our body to function a certain way and, and blood flow, right? Blood is heals. And so as they're working out, it, it helps the brain clear up a little bit just to help them be able to uh, interact with the word of God more effectively. Cause a lot of people who come to us, 
early on is it's a struggle for me then to even think uh, properly. And so that portion there for nutrition and, and uh, uh, physically working out is a help towards that. And then they get drug tested once a week randomly for the accountability portion. And finally, they must attend the field church um, at least twice a month. Or if they have another church they're coming from that, that is like-minded, we'll, we don't want to take them from their body, but we know what they're being taught at our church. Um, and so we require that. And if they don't have a church, then we encourage them to come every Sunday, but they have to at least show up twice a month um, to hear the preaching of God's word. And, and the goal is that the long-term success for them is obviously if they come into a relationship with Christ to be able to have the longevity of the discipleship of the church for longevity and health. So, and uh, we've seen that work out really in a cool way. We've had two or three that have become members of our church since doing the program and they're doing really well. And so that's been cool to see. No, that's fantastic. I really liked uh, like that model because I feel I feel like a lot of people there seems to be this big chasm in our minds between, especially with uh, substance abuse issues. Um, I was just talking to panelists at the ABC Addiction Track and uh, for the ABC conference, and we were talking about how when you are inviting some, when you're calling somebody out of that world, you're really inviting them to total life change, removing them from a community, removing them from the, like all the stuff they have for every aspect of life. And if, if all we are offering is a, you know, come to church on Sunday morning and once, you know, once a week counseling, we, we aren't supporting as much, um, as maybe we need to, but then the, the other, the other side is the in-resident program, which is expensive and churches, you know, a lot of them don't feel like they have the resources to, to do something like that. So I really, I was, yeah, I was just really intrigued when I heard about your guys' program. Like this is a, this is a model that, that more people could probably employ and utilize to, to help people coming out of those really life consuming backgrounds. Yeah. So. Yeah. A couple of things that I also didn't mention, there's a lot that goes to this program. They have daily homework that's already laid out for them. And so that assists the counselors too. And it walks from just going to the book of John and, and just many different things about addiction and the scriptures. They also, um, our supporters, a lot of our supporters are business men and women who also give them some opportunities for work. If uh, they complete certain aspects of the program, so that's been that's been really cool too, because um, that partnership with the church has to be there. And like you said, they're they're completely turning away from a lifestyle that they have to rebuild an entire life. And so, how can the church support that? But we, in in doing this, um, we have hopes that other churches that may want to employ something like this, we're, we're happy to partner with them, give away what we're doing, you know, um, help them get it started. Um, as we're, we're working the kinks out. Um, cause one thing you'll learn about people in addiction is if you have a loophole in your policies or your procedures, <laughs> they will find it. They will so find we, it. Absolutely. No, we've good. made a lot of adjustments in the past three years. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Uh, what, one thing I was, uh, as I was thinking about the cost of the inpatient thing, I was curious, do you, do you guys charge people anything to participate in the recovery program? Like how does that function for them? We do. Um, it's, it costs 700 bucks a month. Um, just 
And that's super cheap compared to what's out there. We don't accept insurance because we're a biblical counseling ministry. And that's where our supporters come in. People who support this ministry allow us to give away scholarships. We don't turn anyone away. We just believe that when people have skin in the game, they tend to take it more seriously. So look at their finances. And, and if they can't pay the full price, what can they pay? We don't want to make anybody poor. We're not trying to, we're trying to set them up for a healthy life. So uh, we'll assess what they can pay. And then our supporters are what allow us to do that because we got to keep the doors open <laughs> for yeah, people. Absolutely. Uh, I was curious with, cause you have a gym on site that, that definitely you mentioned the, the three workouts. Um, does anybody else use that? Is that part of any of the, do you encourage people who are coming for regular counseling, not just the recovery program to also participate in that? And Yep. Uh, it's a great question. Yes, we do. Uh, so Mike, our co-founder is a personal trainer. That's what he did before we started this. So he sets all their workouts. And if someone is struggling with anxiety, depression, anything like that, that, that we feel could be helpful if they don't have their own gym membership or don't really know how to work out, they can, um, enter into using our gym. There's a small fee for that for them, but, um, we just roll that into the cost of their counseling. They can use it as well. No, that's great. Yeah, I think <clears throat> we are embodied beings, and uh, when we're physically healthy, we're going <laughs> to tend to do better across the board. Obviously, we recognize God is God's strength is manifest in our weakness, but we still should do our part to what I, I call temple maintenance is what <laughs> what I call that's it. Right. When I go to the gym. <laughs> Well, we live in a, in a weird time where this wasn't really a need when work was manual, but most people spend most of their day sitting, even in their jobs and our bodies are meant to move and work. And so we gotta, we gotta, I call it fake work, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that's funny. That's true too, though. Um, well, that's, that's great. So you, you guys also have a podcast. Can you tell everybody the name of the podcast and where they could find it? It's called the Nehemiah Project Podcast. You can find it everywhere the podcasts are offered on Apple, uh, Spotify. Um, and we we have a desire for, for encouragement and education. So we talk about different counseling subjects uh, through a practical theology, biblically. Uh, we also go through books of the Bible, just pulling out, walk through a book of the Bible and show what it says and how this applies rightly uh, to certain situations. And so that's a weekly podcast. It comes out on Thursdays. Myself and Mike primarily do it, but we'll have some of our counselors join us sometimes, occasionally a guest or two. Um, but yeah, it's a weekly podcast. We'd love for people to to, to listen. Very cool. And uh, the website, can you tell everybody your website in case they want to find out more about the ministry? Yeah, it's TN Project. So TN stands for the Nehemiah Project.org. Um, you can find everything there, uh, what we do, how you can help, how you can, if, if the Lord moves your heart to give, like I said, donations or how we keep the doors open. We don't really make a lot of money from our from our counseling because we have the policy. We won't turn anyone away if they're willing to counsel. So, um, so we need those donations to stay afloat. Yeah. So if you are interested in supporting, you can go to TN dot, uh, TN project .org. Uh, but you also have a church partnership, uh, aspect to the ministry. Can you tell us, tell people about that? Yeah. So if there's other churches in the area that are like-minded that have uh, same doctrine, um, we partner with them in the way of working even with their uh, pastors, because once again, we believe that the shepherding is, is through the local church and through the elders there. 
And we don't think that you should outsource counseling and not know what's going on with your people. And so we have a process where the the person, the counselee can sign off on confidentiality to allow one or more of their elders or pastors to check in with our counselors to see what's going on, how we're, how we're helping so that we can put them back in the flock in a healthy way. And that, that pastor or elder can continue that care um, and help any way we can. Um, we hope to do seminar and more educational seminars in the future for pastors to be able to take advantage of, to, to help equip them and encourage them. And then of course, any church in the area, we may not partner in that way if we don't align with the doctrine, but if they're looking for counseling for their people and they want it to be biblical, then we we're here for them. Very good. And if there are people who thought, man, I'm not in the New Orleans area, but I'd love to start something like that where I am, how could they reach out to you? What's the best way to connect with you? You can email me, chad at tnproject.org. Um, and we'd be happy to, to set up a meeting, Zoom meeting or a phone call and and get started. Uh, we'd love to, to help any way that we can. Very cool. Well, Chad, we're at the, towards the end of our time and we have a segment at the end called two minute favorites. Are you, you ready for this? Uh, as ready as I can be. <laughs> it's always interesting. Some people, um, whether or not you actually know what you like is, is a interesting, <laughs> interesting phenomenon. So uh, I got my timer out. So here we go. What is your favorite food? Steak or chicken wings. They, they're interchangeable. Favorite color? <laughs> uh, yellow. Favorite sport? Uh, probably football, but baseball, basketball, football. I like all those sports pretty equally. All right. Favorite sports team? Um, college or professional? <laughs> That's up to you. Uh, Kentucky Wildcats. I grew up in Kentucky. I bleed blue. So I'll say the Kentucky Wildcats. All right. Favorite gift you've ever received? Oh, man. I probably should say something from my wife. And it probably is something for my wife. <laughs> um, oh, man. I don't know. I don't know. I enjoy everything that my wife gives me. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> All right. Favorite gift you've ever given? Oh, um, hmm. Well, I was able, this, this is my favorite gift. Um, uh, uh, when we first got married, when I asked my wife to marry me, I didn't have much money. And so five years in the fifth anniversary, I was able to upgrade her wedding ring, um, to something that I wished I could have done in the first place. So that's my favorite gift. All right. Favorite book of the Bible. That's a tough one. So many, um, it would either be the gospel of John or I also like the letter of first John a lot because that shows people what it means to truly be saved. So, all right. Favorite book outside of scripture. Uh, how people change by Paul David Tripp. That's, that's one that I go to a lot. Favorite candy. <laughs> um, I'm a sour guy, so like Sour Patch Kids or anything like that. All right. Favorite word? <laughs> uh, well, my staff would say worship because I'm always saying it's a worship issue. So worship. <laughs> <laughs> well, very good. That wraps up our two-minute favorites and wraps up our time together. Chad Wiles, thanks so much for being with us on 1514 today. 
Uh, Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to today's episode of 1514. If you'd like to find out more about the Biblical Counseling Coalition, you can visit our website at biblicalcc.org. Special thanks to our podcast engineer, James Wills, who does all the post-production editing to make this podcast sound so wonderful. Also want to thank my assistant, Carrie Felton, for helping to arrange these interviews. And a special thanks to Andrew Riddell, who composed and recorded the music we use on 1514. I hope you have a wonderful day.